0: hello and welcome to clash at the stash presented by the my name is taylor i am the usual host of nerds talk movies and the co-host of power up and game over at the nerdstash network of podcasts and today i will be your guide through what some would call a ridiculously dumb podcast For those who don't know, Clash of the Stash is a collaboration series from those of us here at TNS Network and from many other awesome creators out there today. What is Clash of the Stash, though? Clash of the Stash puts those aforementioned awesome people against each other as they debate over various nerd culture topics. Some of these topics may be a little random. Some may be a bit relevant to news around the gaming or entertainment industries. It just really depends. Some of our episodes may require a bit of creative writing. For example, we've done episodes like How Would We Fix or Reboot the DCEU? That's very relevant, by the way, at the time of this recording. (laughs) Uh, How Would We Introduce Deadpool, the Fantastic Four, or the X-Men into the MCU? who has the better DC movie or series idea, and more. However, we do have other episodes that are a lot more straightforward. Some examples of those episodes include, like, the Mario franchise versus the Zelda franchise, Marvel Comics versus the DC Comics, and what games should everyone be excited for after this year's Summer Game Fest. It all just depends on the people we bring on, what they want to talk about, and what you guys, the listeners, want to hear So let us know if you have any ideas for new installments of Clash of the Stash, you can do that by joining our Discord, link for which is in the description of this very episode, no matter what platform you're listening to us on. Anyway, our contestants will be sharing their opening statements, then we'll be heading on to our main trial, and then our contestants will wrap up with their closing statements they can use logic, personal connections, etc. to make their case as long as it's not straight up lying to the listener or you're just <laughs> personally attacking your opponent. We want a clean matchup out here,
1: alright? <laughs> Nothing below the belt? Nothing below the belt.
0: You can there's some trash talking's allowed, alright? That, well, this is a fun podcast, after all. It's supposed uh, to be, anyways. I'm not sure how it's going to actually be. I was going to say, product. Taylor.
2: Literally, every everything I have planned is below the belt. So, I, I, <laughs> what are we even doing? Here? <laughs> right. Well,
0: you know what? This one time, I'll make an exception. I see if I can, well, Let's see if we can destroy an entire podcast today. <laughs> when the closing statements are done, I will then throw it over to our judge. Who will carry out a final verdict and declare a winner? Keep in mind that each judge has their own personal opinions too, so contestants should keep that all into account while making their cases here today. That said, the judge will always be primarily ruling based on two things here: what was said, and how entertaining our contestants were. And judge, you're gonna have your hands full of it here today. I'm just gonna tell you. <laughs> I, yep. And one last thing before we get into our introductions to tell you who these fantastic people are. Wins and losses matter in Clash at Stash. We're carrying over all previous wins and losses from our previous podcast episodes. We also have a Clash at Stash champion who will defend the title on occasion. As of this episode, Tristan Benz of NerdStop Movies is our current Clash at Stash champion. Some people on this panel are familiar with old Tristan, so we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that, I'm sure. But let's go ahead and get into our introductions. In one corner, we have one half of the Powerhouse podcast team known as the Super Bracket Bros. Based on my conversations with him, I know that he loves putting things in brackets and he does have an <laughs> affinity for tangents. He is, <laughs> Jay Davis. Jay, this is your Clash of Stash debut, man. How are you feeling?
2: I'm feeling pretty great. I am super excited for today's subject. I think it's incredibly unique. I think it fits into a lot of what everybody here, all four of us, really love a whole lot. And I think it's going to be entertaining. I think it's, yeah. And, I would just, and I mean, like, I'm really curious to see what Eli's bringing to the table. He's not normally a very competitive guy, <laughs> so... I'm I'm curious to see what he's got in store for me.
0: Well, speaking of your competitor, in the opposite corner, we have the other half of the Super Bracket Bros podcast team, and some would argue, potentially, the better half of the Super Bracket Bros team. <laughs> who are these people who would argue that? I don't know. I just heard it on the internet, so I it's got to be true right it's me he has no shortage of (laughs) nicknames and he is also making his clash at the stash debut welcome to the show eli stokes eli how are you doing are you regretting coming on this podcast uh no not
1: yet not yet we'll see though but I'm, i'm super excited just like jay uh i got a team I got a very unique team. I have no idea how this is gonna go, and that's why I'm so excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yes, dear listener, by the way, if you couldn't if you didn't put it together here, this is a super bracket bro versus super bracket bro episode. Emotions may run a bit high here. A podcast might just end. This might just be the end of the super bracket bro because <laughs> we know it. Who knows? But we're gonna find out here today. And finally, it's time to introduce one last person. He's been described to me as a, quote, big Mass Effect fan, which is pretty appropriate (laughs) for this episode. He will be appearing after this episode as a contestant himself, but today he is acting as our judge, jury, and possibly even executioner.
3: (laughs) Wow, I didn't know that was on the table there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) From... The your friendlyhood. I'm so sorry. From the your friendly neighborhood game gamers podcast, we have Dylan Wren. Dylan, I do apologize for butchering that a bit. Just reading that it's all sentence, right. we off, do it all the time. <laughs> Yes. So, so, how are you doing here today, man?
3: I, I am doing great. I am looking forward to. Uh, listening to, to Jay and Eli Duke it out here, uh, and come and I'm interested to see what they brought, so I'm excited.
0: You do have the most important role on the podcast, yeah. Today. You are going to be pretty much you're just gonna be declaring the winner today. So, tell us real quick before mm-hmm. we get into their thoughts on the franchise, give us your experience for the Mass Effect franchise, real quick.
3: Sure, uh, so Mass Effect uh was probably one of the first big RPGs I ended up playing like I played Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic 2 like way back in the day um, but Mass Effect and like the original Dragon Age were probably like the first big ones that I played and I'm a huge fan of sci-fi properties um just in general and I really loved Like, from pretty much the first moments of that game. Just, like, the lore, the backstory, um, how developed the universe was, all the different, like, things and politics and everything going on. Um, It just seemed really, really cool. And I played through those games, uh, the first and second one a bunch, Uh, the third one, uh, probably just a couple of times. Um, I feel like I am one of the few that didn't hate the original ending of the third game. So I I, I did think that was fine. Um, and it, they're some of my favorite game series just of all time in general. I also did play some of Andromeda. <laughs> How'd
2: you feel about Andromeda? The ultimate credit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was okay. Um, it it, diver- it diverged, I think, a little too much. Like I kind of get what they were going for of like, we want to do something different than like the first trilogy. And we don't want to like really include those characters, but it's, it just kind of seemed like they, they took such a hard left turn to like completely new space, completely new characters, completely new, like they didn't even utilize a lot of the lore and everything that I loved from the series because it was like, Oh, we're in this new place when we didn't even fully explore the last place we were in. So, uh, but overall, I like, I played it, At launch and then a little bit after launch, uh, after they had fixed a lot of the stuff. And it was definitely, like, it was a solid game. It was just not what I was looking for. Yeah. So. I thought you uh, were going to come in
0: from the top rope and be like, yeah, it it diverged a bit from the original trilogy in the sense that it just wasn't a good game at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I thought you were going that whole time. (laughs) No, I,
3: I, I liked... I liked a lot of the concepts about it. It was just kind of like, uh, I wish this was better. (laughs) So So
0: I'm going to probably throw it over to Jay and Eli here later on, possibly after their opening statements to get their thoughts on the Mass Effect franchise, but it's about time for us to get into what exactly we're doing here today. I'm kind of getting tired of talking, contrary to popular belief. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't you know enjoy speaking into the microphone 90 percent of the time on these podcasts i like to hear everybody else's thoughts so let's hurry up and get through this so we can get into these pitches here here's the scenario for today's episode jay and eli are putting on their n7 armor and are placed into the boots of their commander shepherd of the mass effect franchise We're a little past the beginning section of Mass Effect 3, the Reapers have invaded, Shepard, again Jay and Eli, still have to go through the events of Mass Effect 3, meaning they'll have to unite the galaxy, reinforce their loyalties, and craft the mysterious Crucible weapon. There's a whole lot of campaign still left ahead of them, including the Citadel DLC. So, I'm just throwing that out there oh, oh, Citadel- If, <laughs> if, if <laughs> I knew
1: Citadel that I, I need a completely different team To do the Citadel DLC Cancel <laughs> <podcast. laughs> <laughs> the podcast We need another
0: week However, here's the twist though During a mission Shepard and crew discover a relic From a past cycle Long story short, in this ridiculous scenario That relic allows the user To travel throughout the multiverse So here's the deal You as Shepard are capitalizing off of this new discovery by putting together a squad to combat the Reapers. Your pitch, basically, is that the Reapers will eventually discover this technology and expand their reach to every galaxy, not just the Mass Effect universe. You will have your Mass Effect 3 squad. Don't worry, Garrus, Tali, Liara, Joker, and all the characters you know and love are still going to be on the Normandy. But, you will be able to recruit 12 additional squad mates from any fictional universe. You can go and recruit all powerhouses like Superman or Omni-Man from the Invincible series, but that may not lead to the most interesting dynamics. <laughs> your goal is to put together the most interesting 12-member multiversal team to help you defeat the Reapers, who would fit with your squad On this universe's last gasp for survival. Who would actually work well with Shepard and the crew? That is what Jay and Eli are going to be pitching to us here today. And what Dylan is going to be judging on. We're about to get into our opening statements though. Here our contestants will basically lay out what exactly their case is. What they hope to accomplish with their argument. And why they chose their topic specifically. However, we first have to decide who's going to get the advantage going into this clash. Our contestants will pick a number between 1 and 12, and I will roll a 12-sided die. The closest person to that number the die lands on will decide whether they go first or last in the opening statement and main trial sections. If they go first in these rounds, they'll automatically go last in our closing statement round. This means they will literally have the last word before Dylan delivers his final verdict on the case. Which could be pretty advantageous, I would say. Or they can Mm -hmm. choose to go on last in the early rounds and get a better feel for how their competitor is playing in this clash. Adjusting their strategy if need be. And that could also be pretty advantageous. So it's up to you guys how you want to play this. I'm rolling the die now. Jay, give me a number between 1 and 12. 7. Eli?
1: 12.
0: Jay is closer. That number was 3. So, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> fool.
1: Rigged. I call rigged. Disqualify the match.
0: <laughs> All matches in Clash of the Stash are completely above board and are not rigged in any way. <laughs> this has to be said. I'm proud of the fact that we're on like episode three, and we're already. <laughs> matches are rigged. I love it. So Jay, what you want to do? You want to go last here or you want to go last in the closing statements?
2: I will go last here. I want Eli to go first. So Eli,
0: you are going to be going first. Give us your opening statement. Also, give the audience and myself an idea of what your Commander Shepard is like. And a little bit, I guess, of your experience with the Mass Effect franchise as well. On top of that,
1: sure. So uh, I played Mass Effect when I was just a little lad. Uh, when I watched that Fox News story about uh, naked aliens, and I was like, oh, "Hell man, yeah, this, brother! Like, this game sounds fun." <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I I played through the original. I played through the second. I played through the third. I will die. I'm not gonna die on the hill, but I'll stand atop it and say that I put over a hundred. 20 hours into Andromeda and liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely enjoyed playing it. I'm not saying it's a great game, but God damn it. I had fun. Uh, but no, the mass effect series. I'm a big fan. Kind of like what Dylan was saying. I love, I love the world. I love the characters. Uh, I would spend, you know, hours looking at the codex, reading up on wiki pages about like the history and everything. And the games themselves were just so much fun. Um, and so uh, I, yeah, I'm the way I'm approaching my shepherd is that we're fighting the reapers this isn't like this is like a galactic conflict so i kind of went my squad is made up not necessarily of the greatest like combatants but i have lots of leaders and tacticians and like experts in their field i'm gonna win the fight against the reapers by uniting the galaxy and through military scientific uh research and yeah, I'm going through that approach. I'm not sure if it's gonna work, <laughs> but I, I I think I have a pretty interesting team that I'm excited to <laughs> excited to have uh, on on my shepherd squad.
0: Interesting. Jay, give us your opening statement.
2: So my experience with Mass Effect, I think, is probably honestly the least of Dylan and Eli. I've never played Andromeda. I stayed away from the warning signs um and but i did (laughs) really love i did really love the second and third one i'm actually playing the first one for the first time right now um i just picked up the legendary edition on playstation plus and have begun a brand new fresh playthrough where i'm trying to be an asshole shepherd and it's very difficult (laughs) honestly (laughs) Um, i'm saying some kind of racist things and i'm like oh Wow, I didn't realize that's quite what that meant being a renegade. Okay, uh, um, regardless.
1: So, this, so wait. So don't tell me your squad is made up of questionable characters, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may have
2: a questionable character or two, but th- that's my that's my shepherd in uh in, in the in the playthrough. Th- this shepherd today that I kind of want to focus on is the it is the leader through and through obviously you have Shepard who is a leader and no matter pretty much whatever circumstance that you put he or she in but with a lot of the characters I picked not a lot of them are protagonists not a lot of them are leaders you know they are characters that I think will make really interesting dynamics that will make really interesting loyalty missions and will have really interesting connections to existing characters and to each other. That I think when they all come together, once they've like gotten over their ultimate differences or their differences with Shepard, him or herself, I really think that they will come together successfully to defeat the Reapers. And yeah, I didn't really go for a lot of high-powered. I didn't necessarily go for a lot of straight warriors, but... I think that a lot of these characters will work together, will work well together uh, throughout in different facets and, yeah, create an interesting dynamic. That's really the core of what I'm going for. So, yeah, that that, that is my opening statement.
0: Very nice, okay. very nice. The one very interesting thing with Jay as well is he mentioned that his squad will have a lot of people who aren't protagonists. So it seems mm-hmm. like Jay is very focused on keeping Commander Shepard as the main focus here, which is going to be interesting to see if that is actually entertaining or not by the end. But Jay <laughs> and Eli, while Dylan is soaking in your opening statements and, you know, just getting a feel for what the, your Shepherds are going to be like and what to expect, why don't you tell us a bit about yourselves and the Super Bracket Bros podcast?
2: Yeah, Super Bracket Bros is a podcast where we, I mean, this isn't too far off base. If we weren't doing this episode for Clash of the Stash, we'd do this like for a bonus episode for sure. You know, we love <laughs> taking characters from the multiverse and putting them together. And how we do that is each season, we have a bracket of 32 characters that we take from across the multiverse, whether that's anime, cartoons, movie, um, TV shows, really out uh, video games obviously you know where from across the multiverse and we put them together and we want to find out who's the best of the best and you know we love talking about the fights and we have some really creative interesting discussions that way but really it's a way to talk about the characters that we love and from every medium imaginable you know we've delved into books exclusively you know that don't have a a movie adaptation or anything like that we've talked about characters from D D podcasts you know we've talked about just a, a whole range of characters that um we think are really interesting and that we really like a lot and uh yeah so that's what we're doing over at, at super bracket bros and yeah and like like you said at the beginning i love a bracket we love super smash bros so we're the super bracket bros
1: <laughs> trademark Yeah, by the way, I do want to endorse
0: the Super Bracket Bros podcast as well. I've been on there once or twice. Uh, The champion of Clash of the Stash has been on there once or twice as well. They're a great podcast, and they're very engaging as well. So I just wanted to get the audience a little more acclimated with you both before we move on to our main trial here. So, now that we are done with our opening statements, we are ready to move forward to the main trial. This is the meat and potatoes of this episode. This is where you guys probably win or lose, to be honest. Oh, boy. This is it. So, (laughs) the way this is a little structured, though, is it's a bit weird, even for Clash of the Stash. So, we have 12 squad mates to go through. And for the sake of not having you guys list off squad mates and reasons why and interesting dynamics for about a good 30-40 minutes each, we're going to split this up into six squad mates, go over to uh, Jay's six squad mates, and rinse and repeat until we're done here. So, Eli, kick us off with your main case. Give us your first six who you're going to recruit throughout the multiverse.
1: Alright, so... uh so Okay, so the first multiverse I wanted to go to was actually the franchise that inspired Mass Effect. I knew I needed a Star Trek character. Now, there are tons of Star Trek characters to pick from. I was really tempted to go with you know, Captain Jean-Luc Picard or, mm-hmm. or Captain Benjamin Sisko, but they're the captains. You know? in, this, in this situation, Shepard's my captain, so I didn't want to pick them. So I went with a second-in-command. I, I thought about Riker but I think my first pick I'm gonna do Kira Norris from Star Trek Deep Space 9 now Kira Norris she's in second command of a space station uh, called Deep Space 9 and she is formerly an underground guerrilla fighter who lived her whole life fighting against occupying forces on her home planet of Bajor after they, uh freed the planet she became a high-ranking military official and throughout the course of the series of deep space 9 you see her eventually becoming like the military leader of the planet so uh kind of with my squad makeup where i'm coming up with leaders i wanted kira Nerys not necessarily because she's the best fighter. If you watch, you know, Star Trek for the combat, I don't know why. It's not the most engaging of <laughs> combat. Uh, but Kira is a leader. She's an organizer. When Shepard is away, you know, on away missions, I trust her 100% to be in command of the Normandy. She is going to be a general in the fleet. She's going to be commanding people cuz she knows how to do it. She knows how to fight guerrilla tactics. And against an overwhelming force like the Reapers, that's going to be invaluable. So I want Kira Norris to be uh second in command because i know she is more than capable of doing it and also in deep space nine there was a fight against an alien force that threatened humanity and she did pretty well so she has experience (laughs) uh yeah no kira narice i love the character i i i i'm so happy that i get to talk about her in this context uh secondly the second franchise i knew i wanted was halo now Mm. there's the guy from halo Everyone knows the guy. <laughs> but, again... <laughs> By
3: the guy, you mean Master Chief?
1: <laughs> uh, no, Avery Johnson. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> no, so, yeah. Master Chief obviously was, like, the first guest. But this isn't a, you know, a competition to see the most, like, crazy, overpowered team. We're doing the most interesting team. So rather than having my pick be Master Chief, my pick is Cortana. I'm picking Cortana okay. as basically the logistics officer for the team, uh, kind of like helping with ED, coming up with game strategy. Because also like Kira, Cortana has a ton of experience in dealing with uh, alien forces threatening humanity. Uh, the, cav- the difference is Cortana can think like the entire human history in a nanosecond. She's this impossibly like incapable supercomputer and also super sassy, and I just love that. I think she would get along well with <laughs> Shepard, with Edie, with the whole crew. I think she'd provide invaluable information and, like I said, logistics and planning and everything. Uh, you know, we're, we're commanding a, a galaxy-wide fleet. We need somebody capable of, you know, getting all that information. And I think Cortana will be more valuable in this situation. Obviously, Master Chief, he, you know, send them anywhere and they blow up. But this is, again, the interesting Uh, team up and I think Cortana Mm -hmm. it'll be so interesting for this team all right for my third pick uh those were the two big ones Star Trek and Halo so I went to other you know universes sort of like uh on not really less talked about but you know things that didn't come to mind right away and I thought about overwatch Overwatch has a okay. ton of unique characters, super interesting heroes to pick from. That would be invaluable in this fight, but I knew right away which character I wanted, and I want Winston. I want Winston <laughs> on the Normandy. I want it. he is so big, he probably doesn't fit, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they can you fit can have a Krogan. <laughs> <laughs> He's bigger than a Krogan. <laughs> so, if you haven't played Overwatch, Winston is a genetically engineered gorilla. He's a big dude. <laughs> but He is also a super genius. He is, uh, you know, he builds, uh, he does so much R&D, scientific research. He builds his own equipment. He founded the titular Overwatch organization, so he is also a leader. Uh, But in this situation, I want him more as, like, my scientific officer. He's going to be doing a lot of the research into Reaper technology. If you know anything about Overwatch lore, uh, sort of the mascot character of Tracer, uh, she was basically, like, broke time and winston created a device that let her fix it that's how smart he is like he's a smart cookie but unlike cortana and kira winston is a giant gorilla with a rail gun and force field like
3: (laughs) he can go down in the field and (laughs) cause havoc
1: so i think winston provides the logistics that i'm looking for but also the muscle and also winston he's a great he's probably my favorite personality on the overwatch cast i love all his stuff he You know he's just a goofy gorilla he's basically dad like he's just a big dad Mm -hmm. to everybody so i think he'll provide a great asset to the team my fourth pick okay so one thing i wanted in a teammate uh for this squad was a telepath i wanted someone with uh telepathic abilities because one of the (laughs) reaper's most dangerous ass uh assets is their indoctrination i wanted a character who could help fight indoctrination My first thought was Martian Manhunter. But after looking him up, he's way too overpowered and would not fit. So I'm going to go with the the littler Martian and Miss Martian from Young Justice. So Mm. if you don't know Miss Martian, she is, you know, of, you know, she's the same. uh, She's a Martian, just like Martian Manhunter. She has a lot of the same abilities. Uh, She can phase in and out. She can uh, morph her body, turn invisible. it has a bit of super strength but her main ability is that telepathy. She can essentially uh enter people's minds and like basically sort their shit out. <laughs> but there's also a lot of utility uh when the team in Young Justice goes on missions, they don't even use like electronic comms. They just have Miss Martian create this neural link where they all talk to each other. So I her mental abilities i think will be so helpful in the field but also in fighting the indoctrination that i'm sure that we're going to be dealing with and you know miss martian similar to winston is you know a powerhouse too like she can phase in and out Mm -hmm. of space she she can fly she you know expert reconnaissance um super strength to you know bust some heads so Miss Martian is just so she just has so much utility and I don't know if you'll allow me to include this but she has her own bio ship it's it's a ship that's alive that she controls with her mind that's also super helpful yeah I think Miss Martian and, and also her personality uh she eventually becomes sort of the leader of the team in Young Justice so another leader another person who can command squads a person with expertise in a field so i think she'll be super helpful in the fight next up i I knew i needed an anime character uh (laughs) but there's just a ton of anime characters to pick from but i'm going with senku ishigami from dr stone so if you haven't heard of dr stone it is a manga slash anime about basically the earth becomes petrified everyone alive turns to stone and uh, they start waking up 4000 years into the future so like the world is overgrown they're basically back to the stone ages and so senku is this you know teenage genius who essentially has to speed run civilization. <laughs> like, like he, he is so smart. He, like, in the first, like, 10 episodes, they're going from, like, the Bronze Age to Steamworks. I almost didn't want to include him in the squad because he's that overpowered mentally. Like, I guarantee you, you put him into a room with the vast resources of the Mass Effect universe, he probably figures out how to destroy the Reapers. Like, he, it's hilarious. It's almost like a Mary Sue situation. But uh, <laughs> I, I think like i said he's not overpowered physically i think the challenge is going to be figuring out mentally how to how to defeat the reapers and i trust senku to figure that out he is a super genius he he runs laps around everybody mentally i just think that you know that Tactician, because it's not just science, he, he's a genius at everything. At one point, he's designing fashion clothes and he just is the best at it, like because <laughs> he knows exactly what to do. Yeah, gotta no, get he... that
2: N7 armor looking good,
1: exactly. <laughs> but no, also, I th- Senku, his genius is one thing, but he has such a love for humanity. One thing that keeps him going throughout the series of Dr. Stone is he wants to bring humanity back because he knows there's so much potential here. So I know that with humanity on the line, he's going to bring his absolute best. And we've seen with limited resources, he basically starts a civilization. I can't imagine what he does with Mass Effect fields. All right, my sixth pick. This is my do or die one. Like either you guys are gonna like think this is cool or just throw me out, but I don't care. Uh, so I wanted a political officer. One thing that I think is underrated about Mass Effect Three uh, is the political element. I wish there was more politicking where you could do like quid pro quo stuff. You know, there's a bit I remember where the Salarians are like, oh, you can either side with us or the Krogans, but you don't get our recon stuff. Um, so I wanted somebody who'd be able to bring the universe together to fight. The Reapers. And so I'm going with Lady Jessica from Dune. No way! Yeah, (laughs) I'm picking Lady Jessica from Dune. Because (laughs) she... She she was...
2: So close to being on my list, you have oh! no idea. <laughs> she,
1: I, I thought I, I thought she, I was like going crazy imagining this, but dude, I know I thought I was too. She was like number thirteen. <laughs> like she was right there. Okay, I'm so sorry. I All right, please, so, very nice. I, I'm so happy now because I thought I was going insane. But anyway, uh, so Lady Jessica from Dune. She, uh, if you don't know Dune, she is. Son oh. of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know Dune, there's a lot to talk about. But what you need to know about Lady Jessica is that she comes from this, uh, this I don't know, a cult. I guess you'd call them, called the Bene Gesserit, mm-hmm. who are these mm-hmm. just super, super like secretive, superhuman uh, agents who are like pulling the strings politically of this vast universe of, of 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 the Dune universe. They're always in the shadows, manipulating like uh parliament and and the spacing guild and everything so lady jessica has experience in dealing with galactic wide politics and also if you don't know about dune she has what's called the voice where she's able to basically, it's basically Jedi mind tricks where she can like whisper something and then you're compelled to do it, whether you're aware of it or not. So, you know, that scene where the Salarian's playing hardball, if I have Lady Jessica there and she goes like, actually you will give us our ships, the Salarian would be like, oh wow, I kind of want to give you my ships now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think Lady Jessica with her Bene Gesserit training is just super helpful in dealing with the vast political systems of the galaxy to try our best and unite them against the Reapers I think she provides a invaluable asset to this, and also, uh, if you know about the Bene Gesserit lore, they are like mentally, like incorruptible. Uh, so I think she'd be another uh, option to deal with the indoctrination threat, um, helping our squad deal with that. So no, Lady Jessica, uh, I think, is an invaluable part in the politicking of my Commander Shepard.
0: I think this list is really good so far. <laughs> I don't know about uh, two or three of these names. I don't know as much. But the ones I do are so good and fit so well to me that I'm like, yeah, I'm sure the other ones are great, too. (laughs) It's one of those (laughs) situations. Uh, I have a lot of questions, a lot of opinions, but my opinions honestly do not matter in this episode. But (laughs) whose do matter is Dylan's. So, Dylan, do you have any rebuttals, any questions, any thoughts on these? I uh, do keep in mind, again, the dynamics with the characters is a big thing, mm-hmm. too. So anything else you want to throw in here, feel free to, uh, Eli. So Dylan, yeah. take it away.
3: Sure. Um, so uh, like Taylor, I am familiar with most of these. Um, and I I am familiar with how much cohesiveness that many of these characters have within their own teams. Um the ones I do have a couple of questions about uh Senku, the, the one from Stone, what was it? Doctor Stone. I, I'm not super Doctor Stone. Um is he a team player or is he more of like a um a like wolf. Morden I, I guess I'm thinking of Morden being like more of a team player, but then there were other characters within Mass Effect. Um maybe not fitting into that like sciency role that were kind of lone wolf, like Taylor was saying.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh with Senku, he is the undisputed leader of the group that he's in because he is so smarter than everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh I I'm not sure sh- I the fact that he is so he's he's not like he's super self-aware. I think that's one of his biggest helps is that he is he's actually like aware of his shortcomings and often plans around that so it wouldn't surprise me if um he was on the team and it was i don't think i don't see him like butting heads with shepherd i think he butts heads with shepherd not necessarily in a leadership role but in the scientific role where maybe maybe senku is like we need to do this and Shepard is like no we can't and senku is like no that like the data says we need to do this i can imagine that being st- uh source of conflict but in terms of leadership i think senku is like nope he's the captain i'll do my thing that that's what's best for humanity
3: mm-hmm. okay uh and then my other question was lady jessica who i am familiar with um but from my familiarity with it the bene Jesuit are always up to something <laughs> <laughs> do you trust lady jessica
1: listen so the bene Jesuit have uh, they have a master plan, and it revolves. Their whole existence revolves around preserving humanity. Like their mass, they they, true, they, are, they are pulling, true. you know, these genetic bloodlines and doing plans that go on for thousands of years because they are saving humanity. So I think Lady yeah. Jessica will see the threat going on and go, "Oh, okay, we got to concentrate our forces and and do this." Um, and I, she's not full Benny Gesserit. if you remember from 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 the story, she. She actively goes against the Bene Gesserit. Um, she doesn't fall through. Yeah, because she
3: had the sun. Yep,
1: yep. So, yep. so I think she has some heart in her, whereas other Bene Gesserit might be cold. I think she has some humanity that will, will, she won't you know, screw screw Shepherd over.
3: Okay, okay. Because, yeah, how you were first describing that, I was like, oh, so like the elusive man. Uh, <laughs> but the more that you, <laughs> you were talking, I was like, okay, so more of like a Miranda type of situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And I think that's all that is all that I had questions on for this first initial one.
0: I do have some questions here. Just curious on how you think the dynamics would be, Eli. Um, So I should have said this at the start. I forgot to. I apologize there. But in terms of the squad that you have available, of course, you do run across Rex if Rex is still alive in your playthrough. If Rex isn't alive in your playthrough, by the way, people, what the fuck are you doing? Quit. quit, <laughs> quit <all right>? Restart. <laughs> go back to well, an old save. <laughs> yeah, go back to an old save and fix this. Like, come on now. What are you doing? Uh, but all the Mass Effect 2 characters, Mass Effect 1 characters that aren't in your squad, but in terms of your Mass Effect 3 squad that you're mostly interacting with would be James Vega, Liara T'Soni, Garrus Vakarian, Edie, Javik, Ashley Williams, or Cade Nelenko, uh Tally and I believe that's it, if I remember correctly. I think that's it. I don't think there's a Krogan on your team. This time <laughs> so uh those are the characters you're interacting with. I'm just curious how do you think some interactions would go so far with your team?
1: Uh for sure Vega's hitting on Kira. And I think <laughs> Kira busts his balls, but in respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I think Cortana is vibing with Edie. I think they get along super mm-hmm. well. Uh, Winston uh, is the gorilla in the room, but he gets along with everybody, <laughs> you know, if you see. Uh, if he, <laughs> I, 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 it's hard to imagine. His, he's just such a jovial guy. It's hard for me to imagine him butting heads. Maybe Ashley, because Ashley has a problem with, you know, non-humans, because she's Ashley. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time imagining Winston... Um, butting heads with anybody. Senku I feel like would drive people nuts just because he's like, you know, lapping people <laughs> with how smart he is. Uh but I he there's a part of charisma of him like in the in the series, you know, leading people that I think could get him through. Lady Jessica, everybody's spooked out by her. Like I'm just accepting yes. that. Like they're they are they freak her like she freaks everyone out. But uh I think she like sticks to the shadows and does her thing and everybody knows she gets results. So they just let her do it. Miss Martian uh, hmm that's tough. I, because in Young Justice, they are a bunch of angsty teenagers. And, and this I,
0: Martian goes through like a big arc throughout Young Justice. Oh, yeah. She,
1: I, she's definitely dating somebody on the Normandy. And they do break up. And it gets really awkward.
0: <laughs> see, uh, Eli is completely right there too, because young justice does this thing that I both like and hate, where they're like, "All right, they're teenagers alright next season they're ten years older, all right, next season it's like fifteen years. It's like, oh well, all, right, all right well, now they're almost in their forties the justice <laughs> I'd rather just see this team, but that's for a young justice retrospective or something uh, I do kind of I would see like a Liara miss- Miss Martian thing to where i could see them interacting pretty well
1: yeah i think liara and 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 miss martian are definitely vibing um but yeah i i I don't think i don't think there's much friction i think there's like playful friction if that makes sense
0: yeah so i definitely agree about the cortana and Edie. that feels like a
1: layup Mm -hmm. right
0: there (laughs) in terms of interactions they're definitely gossiping
1: about joker like a hundred percent i think that would be really
0: interesting to see but you know i would like to also see what jay's first squad mates are so jay let us know your first six squadmates.
1: i know it's not lady jessica it's not it's not lady <laughs>
2: jessica even though but i i will start with the person that took lady jessica's spot though and okay i went with a You know, I I, I knew I had to bring this franchise in. Similar to how Eli was talking about Star Trek, um, I knew I had to bring in this franchise. And that's why my first pick has got to be Princess Leia. Now, I picked Princess Leia for a lot of the similar reasons. I think that she's going to be great politicking. I think she's going to be great at getting what she wants. She is used to organizing a rebellion against, guess what, overwhelming forces. You know, I think that she's going to be key in the fight against the Reapers in uniting the different species. You know, you're talking about a person from a universe where there are already a ton of different species that she has to work with, that she has to get together, and different, you know, sectors of the galaxy to save the galaxy. And I think that she is... I think that she's capable enough in battle you know i think that we see enough just enough examples of that to you know be able to like safely like bring her on a mission that need, she needs to go on and you know she's not going to put up with anybody's shit whether that's any of her squad mates whether that's shepherd himself you know i i think <laughs> that she's going to be a great foil a great contester to Anybody that comes across your path, and anybody else in the squad, honestly. And, you know, maybe she's going to ruffle some feathers along the way, but sort of what Eli was saying with Senku is that she truly, she's doing this for a reason, because because of love, because of hope. You know, like, she is doing it because she has a good and pure heart, and that she cares about her friends and her family, and, you know, like, she cares about doing what's right for the galaxy so that's why princess leia is definitely my first pick lady jessica was a close second but i think leia is just she's gonna get along better with everybody but i still think accomplish the same results even if she doesn't have this s- spooky voice to her <laughs> <laughs> two
0: things real quick I'm sorry to interrupt you jay but i feel like you weren't gonna say this about princess leia but i feel like they should be at least mentioned here uh first off I find it incredibly kind of hilarious in a dark way that Leia would be going from "All right, we just toppled the Empire, everything's (laughs) back." Oh shit! All right, the refresher. That's kind (laughs) of well. That's unfortunate. And secondly, you didn't like. Yeah, she's a very capable soldier. She's a brilliant strategist. She's a great uh, politician to have on the team, but she can also survive in space for a few minutes. (laughs) I feel like that should be mentioned. As bad as that potentially was.
2: Yeah, she can potentially survive in space for a couple minutes. Maybe that will, you know, be be what takes (laughs) my Mass Effect game from a 10 out of 10 to a 9.5. They're like, wow, that moment with Leia was really weird, though. Like, she definitely shouldn't have <laughs> survived. Um, so, but, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And, and, I mean, to be honest, you know, I'm also looking at some of these characters as potential love interests for Shepard as well. And I think Leia definitely fits in that category. You know, I think for Poor that, Han. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, Han was another one that was definitely on my list, you know. And so, like, I think that either one of them, you know, could fit into this slot as a romantic interest. And I think Leia fits that category as well. So my number two does not fit into the romantic interest category <laughs> this man <laughs> this man that I've selected is far too focused on the task at hand. he's far too focused on the science. Th- so th- this particular pick is I mean I'm not I'm not shielding it whatsoever. he is the scientist he is the morden of this crew and that's why I've picked Doc Brown from back to the future okay
0: what an out there pick that's the, that's the most out there pick so far and that's saying something
2: i think that doc brown would one i i think make a great scientist you know i think that he has the
3: some would argue he is
2: <laughs> i i i think that he will be able to like break down Reaper technology. I think that he will be able to mm-hmm. dive into it, really sink his teeth into it and start to understand it. But then particularly I think he also I, I mean, you gotta talk about the time travel, right? You know, I mm-hmm. I would love to see a mission where you go with Doc Brown at your side and another squad mate and you go <laughs> into the past to solve you know uh th- this is doc brown's loyalty mission where you go back into the past i love a commander shepherd in some like 1950s uh you know like uh, like like khakis and polo shirt as he's like going and yes. defeating
3: reapers in the past over to, the like... n7 armor <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> he has to not sleep with his mom yeah
2: <laughs> yes and shepherd's mom is there oh my god exactly thank you and so uh, you know i think i think doc brown would be great you know i think like he has the same sort of like social unawareness that morden did you know where i think it's going to lead to some pretty funny moments you know and i mean just like I, i yeah i i think that i think that doc brown would be great and i think that with like the technology of the mass effect universe as well he'll be able to take that into combat and include some of those time abilities in battle. You know, I think you have some really cool opportunities there where, like, you can, you know, reverse time for a few seconds, you know, like, or have mm-hmm. a, an, an enemy go backwards in time or, or something to that effect, I think, could be really interesting. Um, so, yeah, Doc Brown, you know, you, my question is combat ability, but the science, <laughs> that's rock solid, baby. Yes, yes. Science. Science. My number three pick. Now, this one is another one where you might say, well, I don't know about the combat ability, but I think she has proven herself enough, and I think the harshness of her universe really speaks volumes about her ability here. And it's another sci-fi pick. I'm going with Ellen Ripley from the Alien franchise. I think that Ripley is a survivor, I think that she comes from a universe where she has to deal with some of the most terrifying aliens that have ever been conceived in the multiverse. is going to be more than prepared to take on the Reaper threat. And in a similar way to Princess Leia, I don't think these two will, will get along initially, but I think, you know, like towards the end of the game, like the last third, they're going to have a great friendship. Like, they're going to be buddies, you know, sharing a beer at... at You know, at the N7 bar, I think that's a a totally viable thing. But I think, you know, at first, she's kind of rubbing people the wrong way. But I think, in the end, her survivor instincts and the get-it-done attitude of Ellen Ripley... And at the end of it, you know, like, she is this tragic character by the time we get to Aliens. You know, she's lost her daughter to time, you know, and she's, like, desperately trying to save... Newt, you know, I I think that, you know, she's just just such an interesting character for so many reasons. And I think she slots really well into the Mass Effect universe. And, you know, you want to talk about great missions. You know, however Ellen Ripley ends up in this universe, there's just one lone egg that makes it into this universe as well. And I just want to see the Mass Effect crew take on the Xenomorph threat as well. And particularly... Mm -hmm. I love the idea of at the end of that Xenomorph mission you have two opportunity you have two choices one is you can take the path you can use the egg you can try to use the xenomorphs against the reaper threat or you can destroy it you know and and that kind of decides like is Ripley really with you or just mm-hmm. kind of on your squad and so like that that in particular once i got down to that line of thinking i was like Ellen Ripley she's a shoe in for my squad All right. Number four. Now, this, again, I'm not going to shy away from this comparison. This is my AI. This is my Legion pick, (laughs) if you will, for my squad. And being that Legion is one of, if not my favorite character from Mass Effect, I had to think about this a lot. But we are headed back to the same era of movies as Ellen Ripley. You're not about to do
0: what I think you're about to do, are you?
2: That's why I'm taking the T-800. Oh, son of a bitch, <laughs> he did. <laughs> 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 I thought I was that a RoboCop. <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> that, would, that would have also been a very good one. But I think the T-800, just for so many reasons, one, you know, like the one-liners alone. i i you know i i think coming to that mass effect squad is absolutely killer i think that him i mean as a combatant you know like i i obviously you know he is a walking tank i would love to see him you know go toe to toe with some of the nastiest foes that you take on in mass effect and i also love the uh aspect that he brings to the crew of You know, in particular, you know, Ellen Ripley kind of filling that Sarah Connor role of kind of like skepticism. Like, huh, I don't I don't quite know about bringing this guy into our Mm -hmm. ranks. You know, he says he's changed. You know, he says that his coding's been altered, but I don't really know for sure. And those two like butting heads, but like coming together and, you know, but but. In particular, like the T eight hundred, like the the entirety of, of Skynet, you know that whole story also following him, I think, is really interesting and just, yeah, no, I and I I love T eight hundred also, just like Legion, you know, like kind of getting endeared to Shepard and like having a lot of respect for him as a warrior, and you know maybe not necessarily the same dynamic of like father son that you have with the T eight hundred and John Connor, but. Something similar, you know. I, I definitely see being there, but yeah, no. The T eight hundred from Terminator uh, is is my fourth pick. Okay. At number five, I think every team needs a little bit of a wild card. I think that every team needs, you know, a character that, you know. Uh, you you, you you tell them to do one thing, they do the other, and then your success is tripled. You know? I, I think that you you just need someone that can go outside the the typical box. And that's why I am going to the Disney universe. And that's why I am pulling <laughs> Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Oh
1: great okay. pick. Great pick.
2: <laughs> I was What
0: is thinking- this episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he fits into the sci-fi role extremely well you know he is mm-hmm. coming in ready to be a combatant i think as a science experiment that he leads to really interesting uh really interesting connections to uh, doc brown you know i think uh, you know mm-hmm. like doc you're gonna you're gonna find stitch on like uh um, you know, getting studied quite a bit by Doc, um, and I could see them becoming best buds, you know, because, you know, like, Doc doesn't have to, like, have a human interaction, but still, like, has a buddy, and I think Stitch could fill that role really well, but, you know, I also think that he it is, you know, like, another, like, sort of tragic character, you know, like, he it was created but yet still has to find purpose and purpose beyond just destruction and you know i think that could create a really interesting mission as well you know you take stitch you know on on his loyalty mission and he has to decide between destruction or you know family and you know i I think that could be really interesting you know like one is kind of pushing him down the renegade path you know like you might push a garris or you know pushing him towards um pushing him towards the light, you know, pushing him towards the Paragon path. You know, I think that Stitch could fall into either of those. And so, you know, I think that he makes a, I think he makes a really good pick and just, oh my God, he'd be so much fun in battle. You know, like, exactly like I said, you know, like, I I think, like, you're telling Stitch where to go, you know, which enemies to take down, and then he just launches himself towards the biggest Reaper that he can find, (laughs) and then two minutes later, the Reaper is, like, (laughs) is running for his life away from Stitch. You know, I, I just think that there's a lot of fun to be had with him, and, yeah, that's why he's my number five. Now, my number six. I also had to dive into the Halo universe. (laughs) But I also did not pick Master Chief Okay, You could have picked Master Chief He could have done this whole damn thing By himself That's no fun (laughs) I didn't even pick a character from The typical Halo universe As you think of it Interesting I wanted a character Who could provide A little comedic relief To the team That could be a bit of a punching bag, even. Oh, no.
0: I don't like where this is
2: going. And that's why I picked Caboose from Red versus Blue. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you Honestly, it's him.
0: better than what I thought it was going to be. I thought he was, gonna oh. pick cr- I thought he was seriously going to go, I want to pick a grunt. <laughs> <From Halo. laughs> that's where I thought he was going. I was like, all right, that might as well happen.
2: So... I cannot defend Caboose's combat abilities. I will not try to <laughs> in this particular in this particular arena. However, I think that a good squad needs a wide variety. And I think that Caboose can hold his own. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's got Spartan armor. Like, you know, he yes. can survive. You know, you're not going to bring him along to his death. I think he can get by. And I think he could surprise you every once in a while. But I think, in particular, the shenanigans that Caboose brings, you know, to this Mass Effect squad, I think, is important. You know, I think he's the kind of guy that a Leia or Doc Brown or Ellen Ripley fight for. You know, just just he's out here having fun. You know, the innocence of Caboose, I think, truly motivates the other squad mates and brings them closer <laughs> together. You know, whether it's... Someone to make fun of, you know, that's not going <laughs> to really mind it that much, you know, I, I, or, you know, someone, like I said, to fight for. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I think uh, Caboose, maybe not your most outstanding, maybe not the one that's going to go the extra mile for his squad mates. But still, I think that he is, uh, I think he's a key piece, you know, just like the very corner piece of the puzzle that makes up my 12, so That's why Caboose is number six.
0: (laughs) Well, Jay, I got it right. right. Yeah. You went outside the box. I asked you both (laughs) when (laughs) I asked you to appear on Clash with Stash and you came up. This is your idea, by the way. Both you and Eli came up with this idea, which is fantastic. And I was like, I wonder how outside the box they're going. You guys have delivered so far. I will give you that. I uh, just want to run through real quick the first six squad mates for Eli. We have Kira Norris from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Cortana from the Halo franchise, Winston from Overwatch, Miss Martian from Young Justice, Senku from Dr. Stone, and Lady Jessica from Dune. In terms of Jay's first six squad mates, we have Princess Leia from Star Wars, Doc Brown from Back to the Future, Ripley from Alien, the T-800 from T-2 Judgment Day, Stitch from Lilo and Stitch, and Caboose from Red vs. <laughs> Dylan, you know, I'm just going to let you take it away. I, I, I have no recommendations for where you should go. I don't think any recommendations. <laughs> th- there's nothing I can say that can help you out. All right. I'm just going to be dead honest with you. So take it away wherever you want to go. <laughs>
3: No, I, I think both of these so far have been very interesting and very good lists. Uh, I I think both of them have some strengths and weaknesses so far. Um, hey, I, don't I, talk <laughs> about Caboose like that. <laughs> <laughs> I I love Caboose. I, I do think, like you were saying, he kind of somehow fails his way into victory uh, a lot. You know, kind of like uh, a very I don't know, like luck base superpower or something. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I don't think that's a bad pick. Uh, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Um, so I do think, one potential flaw of your your list so far jay is bringing uh the aliens from alien into this universe <laughs> that seems like a bad idea <laughs> but that's probably something we can deal with later um i guess the i forget what the name of the bug creatures is from mass effect well that um, was the, another
2: thing that i the thought Rachni- the, what, yeah. the, the not the rat Rachni, rachni yeah rachni yep. yes, yeah. yes yes, yes. Oh, which is another thing that i thought about i was like do we need the rachni mm. and the xenomorphs in the same galaxy probably <laughs> not but you know. maybe they'll take care of each other. yeah exactly yeah <laughs>
3: i <laughs> could get worse so. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does seem like you're bringing a lot of experience in though so I, I do i do like that and then some not so much experience with caboose but um <laughs> I don't know if there's
1: a lot of seasons in Red versus Blue. There
3: there are. That is true. I, I stopped watching after.
1: Caboose has a lot of experience. Maybe not good experience, but he has experience.
0: Uh, I guess for me, Jay went into a few interactions and a few loyalty mm-hmm. missions that I really appreciated, especially the Doc Brown one and Stitch one. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. <laughs> and I will... Don't get me wrong. The Xena Morse being in the Mass Effect universe would... That has potential to be the next big threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is an interesting mission as well, and I like how you tied that into yes. Ripley's like, loyalty mission. I thought all oh, that was great. But I'm going to ask you the same question as Light and I'll probably ask you about this the with your last six. What kind of interactions are you expecting with your actual Mass Effect squad?
2: Yeah, no, I, I think... <laughs> Gosh, yeah. No, that, that that's a good question. I, I think that, like, hmm, who, who, okay, I got to reframe who's there. Okay, we got Garrus, we got Tali, we got Liara. You know, I, I think that Princess Leia and Liara could have def, definitely some interesting discussions. I think that, mm-hmm. like, Garrus and the T-800 would be interesting as well. You know, I think that Garrus could kind of, like, start picking him up part a little bit and be like okay how does this work though <laughs> you know and kind of like looking into him same with Tali you know I think Garrus and Tali would kind of bond over you know figuring out exactly how the the T-800 works and I mean I guess we could talk about that the T-800 and Tali would you know would be a very similar uh relationship that Tali and Legion have throughout the series as well
0: I was gonna say Garrus and Tali also bond if you don't you know Romance either of them, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I think that
2: um, I think that Stitch and Garris would be a good duo as well. You know, I think that Garris would appreciate Stitch's chaoticness on the battlefield, and <laughs> you know, like I, I think you know that that would be a, a good duo as well. Um, and then I think they're all gonna hate Caboose, but I still, <laughs> but, but still love him. <laughs> You know, like I, you know, I, I think that they will hate him initially, and then like the next mission, he'll do something that's so endearing. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I think that he'll come around to all of them in his own unique ways. Um, but yeah. So there's there's a few there that I, I think um, I think you could slot in.
0: This is the moment where I'm kind of pissed off that Mass Effect 3 does not have a Krogan on the squad because mm-hmm. either Grunt or Rex paired with Stitch, it Ooh, just seems oh, like no. comedic gold. <laughs> the Reapers are done for. Yeah. They're, They're done. done. Not only are they done <laughs> for on a battlefield, it just feels like it's comedic gold, though, in
2: terms of dialogue. Yeah so (laughs) Mm -hmm. and of course it's kind of a runway street (laughs) grunt and stitch just having a conversation of gibberish just like yeah (laughs) hi hi (laughs) hi
0: eli i don't know how you're going to top your first six or jay's first six but i guess it's it's your goal you gotta do it
1: I, I'm I'm debating just quitting after I saw a Caboose. I can't pick a better <laughs> better squadmate than Caboose. <laughs> but I will I will champion on and give my next six. So, um, okay. So, I guess for my seventh pick, uh, I knew I needed. I knew I wanted a spy master. I knew I needed because mm. one one uh, antagonistic force in Mass Effect Three that you deal with is Cerberus. They've they've kind of gone rogue and done their own thing, and they're really annoying. And so I wanted to have a spy master who would be sort of my counter Cerberus specialist. So I am going to the MCU and I'm picking Nick Fury. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Pick- right. I, I, I think Nick Fury, he has such experience, uh, de- uh, con- you know, being the head of a spy network, being the head of shield and dealing with alien invasions all the time. Uh, I think he's, you know, just like, okay, same shit, different day. Here we go. <laughs> but I think, given his the resources you know with the alliance and mass spec fields and everything i feel like nick fury could have a very extensive spy network spreading out and dealing with cerberus agents because nick fury is the type the guy who's you know willing to go you know to that length to get rid of the of the enemy you know he goes to such lengths in the in the marvel cinematic universe that i think that he would bring that that necessary force of secrecy you know I talked about Lady Jessica dealing with things from the shadows she's dealing with whispers whereas Nick Fury is kind of dealing with a knife in the back and I think that while uh, Shepard is dealing with the front force uh, Nick Fury is sort of dealing with you know things happening in the back you know dealing with things that are in hushed whispers and everything and I just trust Nick Fury to get the job done and you know get rid of any any indoctrination secretly indoctrinated forces uh yeah i trust him like like along with my other uh picks i don't i don't want to see him on the battlefield too much i want him in control of of the spies i want him i want him uh puppeteering everything so i think nick fury is a great pick for a sci-fi spy master and my next pick i want spies to work for him so (laughs) (laughs) my next pick uh i he's gonna be someone on the on the ground a lot he's not he, he is a leader-ish, but he's definitely going to be more doing the wet work, doing the, the things that need to be done that no one else wants to do. And I picked this because I'm watching the show right now, and I love it. And that's Cassian Andor from Star Wars. Yes. Mm. I think Cassian, you know, we're dealing with the end of the galaxy. We're dealing with extermination. I need somebody willing to do what needs to be done, and Andor is the guy. You know, we've talked about, like, I give, you know, different – titles to all my characters like kira's second in command lady jessica political officer winston science officer cassian andor is my specialist in heroic sacrifices when i need a job (laughs) that needs to get done or we're screwed i'm sending andor in i think he'll be a top agent for fury i think he's going to go in and he's going to do what needs to be done and more than anything he's going to do what other people aren't willing to do um he's going to get dirty he's going to get you know do the most dangerous things i just trust andor to do the job um, that no one else wants to do or no one else knows about like he's so secretive at everything but he's willing to do that he's not in it for the fame and glory he's in it for this uh saving preservation of humanity and freedom and everything uh whatever the resistance stands for i forget but uh, yeah so i think i think andor is a great pick for working specifically under Fury. I think Andor and Fury are definitely going to be the guys that are sitting at the lunch table that you don't really want to talk to. They, they're really cool, but they're super scary. Uh, and so, yeah, I pick Andor as my go-to spy of the group. Okay, so I, I have all my officers and everything. So my last uh, four picks, I want to do more... Th- these are the heavy hitters. These are the people on, on the ground doing damage. Um, and so my first pick uh or my my third pick of my next six which would be my eighth pick sorry that was super Mm -hmm. confusing uh my (laughs) my eighth pick i'm doing one of my favorite superheroes from one of my favorite cartoons we're doing cyborg from teen titans
3: Mm, okay
1: cyborg is a heavy hitter he you know sonic booms everywhere like he's causing so much damage on the battlefield but more than like, mm-hmm. he, But he brings more than that. I think with all the technology of the far future, he's also a genius. And not just a genius, but he's able to, like... He's a living weapon that he can integrate all the technology in with him. Like, could you imagine a Mass Effect powered sonic boom? Like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think, yeah. So I, I want him in for just, like, being a heavy hitter, being a pseudoscience and engineering officer, but also... The cyborg from Teen Titans is just such a jolly person. Mass Effect 3 is mm-hmm. one of the most dour games I've ever played. It is not a happy game. There are happy moments, but the overall feeling is very drab and da- uh, dire. But cyborg is just such a force of positivity and fun that you know, if if the team is down, I'm sure he'll be the one to organize organize a party. You know, organize fun activities. Um, and I think he brings that. His personality, I think he's just going to buoy everybody up. He's going to challenge everybody to, you know, go past 100%. And I think just having him being a heavy hitter and being a genius is just, like, just icing on the top. I think he's a great addition to this crew as, as someone on the ground doing lots of damage and helping, um, uh, helping on the intellectual and damage front. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I, so, that was, so that was pick 9. Now, this is my pick 10. Uh, I needed another heavy hitter. Uh, I I I was running out of sci-fi universes to pick from, so I <laughs> I went I went to the old staple. I went to the Super Smash uh, Brothers unit, uh, <laughs> Ultimate roster, and and so I okay I, I'm picking I'm picking <laughs> Samus Aran from Metroid. Uh, All right, uh, she is a legend in the sci-fi video game world she is one of the the progenitors uh you know founded the metroidvania genre but in in the canon she is just a certified badass she is a bounty hunter who works Mm -hmm. solo all her many escapades she is you know has a giant cannon on an arm and a vast array of weapons that she can do damage i imagine she'll be working with like winston and cyborg to Mm -hmm. upgrade her suit i think she's just going to get even more powerful and i think you know the fact that she is such a lone wolf maybe might work in her detriment but you know if shepherd is dealing with something with a squad i think samus is fully capable of doing solo missions if we need her to you know if there's a derelict reaper that just uh, you know was suddenly found like said samus she can she can solo that entire mission because that's what she ex- that's their expertise and you know yeah. she's, she deals with fighting aliens all the time i think she's just such a great soldier um, obviously she's a mostly silent protagonist. She, you know, she's not going to be the most talkative or popular person, but I think what she brings to the mission, she's coming in with an ultimate resolve to save, save humanity. Uh, cause she's a hero, she's a hero like that. And just dealing, just all the, I'm just, I'm getting excited thinking about all the different ways that she could modify her suit with like mass effect stuff, similar to cyborg. Um, so yeah, I give it to uh, Samus, uh, for my 10th pick. I think she's excellent. I think she's a great addition to the crew on the ground fighting. All right, so uh, like I mentioned earlier, I was running out of sci-fi franchises, so I was scrolling through my Steam page, and I realized the Borderlands series is there. Mm -hmm. Borderlands is just a treasure trove of, mayhem inducing characters who can dodge so much damage they can create just so much mayhem and I you know I have over was that nine characters no no more than nine like four, four times three, 12 characters to pick from. And I didn't know, that was a lot. (laughs) That was a lot of math. But uh, yeah, I have over 12 characters to pick from. I was trying to think, but I'm going to go with sort of the pseudo main character of the series. She's kind of like taking the helm. She's the main hero and that's Lilith. I'm going with Lilith for my (laughs) 11th pick. And uh, if you don't know Borderlands, uh, specifically Lilith, she is what's called a siren. Who She has like these, I don't know, i guess it's just straight up magic like it's sci-fi magic yeah uh she's powered by something called iridium which i i hope is in the mass effect universe otherwise uh <laughs> she's not doing i feel ma- like i mind some. yeah <laughs> uh but with iridium she can do all sorts of of teleportation her main ability is called phase walk where she ba- she literally phases out of existence runs around the battlefield and when she uh when she enters back into the reality, she causes massive explosions. I think she's a great asset in just having, just causing havoc on the battlefield, you know? So much of Mass Effect is is standing behind cover, putting your your squad in tactical positions. Uh, Lilith throws all that out the window. She just runs and blows everything up. And I think that's such a great change of pace when dealing with the Reaper's forces. I don't know if they're gonna be able to, like, handle her. Uh, you know, if, mm-hmm. if we're dealing with uh, all these different scions and other monsters Lilith, i mean and also her personality she is just such a cocksure she's sassy she doesn't care what uh what she's going up against she maintains a confidence and in Ma- uh, borderlands 3 she does become leader of of the of the red uh forgive me is it red raiders
3: that sounds uh, about right that sounds right
1: um So she becomes a commander of this rebel faction that is uh, controlling over a planet. So she has leadership experience uh, in addition to her powers. So I think Lilith just brings brings the personality, the power. I, I think she's a great choice to be on the ground causing as much mayhem as possible. And my final pick. I knew I needed to do something special. And so I was looking through all the characters I like, all the characters that have appeared on Super Bracket Bros., and I was mm. smitten with one character in particular. I love him to death. I think I I want him on my squad just so I want to see Shepard driving around in the yellow Volkswagen Beetle. We're talking Bumblebee, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's on my list, too. <laughs> hey! <laughs> we got one. Hey, we got one. We got one. No, so, yeah, I wanted Bumblebee <laughs> just He's a Transformer. Transformers are cool. Fuck yeah, Transformers are cool. (laughs) I put so much effort in, like, Thinking about this list from like a strategic standpoint. On my final pick, I just want to do something that fulfills my childhood love of cool shit and Bumblebee's cool. I just want to yes. just want the Normandy to fly over a planet and Bumblebee jumps out of the hangar and just starts wrecking Reapers. I he's just a you know, <laughs> I, I think he fits the criteria. He's not overpowered in the sense of like he's 1v1ing Reapers, but I think we can send him places and he'll do damage. Uh similar to like a Winston where he's just this big body who can just dish out massive massive hits that are dealing with uh squads of reaper fodder um and you know like i i pick i make this pick alone honestly i want to see him interact with legion that is going to be <laughs> a wholesome and wonderful interaction that is worth the price of admission so yeah bumblebee is my final pick um yeah and that's my that's my list that's my whole squad that's all 12 so
0: i only have one potential critique it's really cool but just a logistical thing How's Bumblebee getting on the Normandy?
1: The hangar is big, man. Oh,
0: true, true. Mm-hmm. Actually, fair point. I don't know why my brain was thinking like where Grunt is in Master <laughs> 2. And I'm like, he ain't going there.
1: Like, that's probably where he'd be, though. But... Bumblebee's hanging out next to the Mako and trying to figure out how it's like physics engine works. <laughs> <laughs> right?
3: I'm just imagining Bumblebee as like a big yellow Mako. And that's oh, like... Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't the Mako so much. I love it. Dylan, take it away.
0: Any questions? Yeah. thoughts.
3: So, the, I think the the second half of your list was just as good as the first. A um, lot of lot of heavy hitters on there. Um, I think my biggest question, though, because we, you know, one of the best things about playing Mass Effect is having all of these cool characters and then getting slapped in the face and told you can only bring two of them with you. Uh, who who are you bringing with you as Commander Shepard on your missions?
1: Well, see, like, I mean, we all do it in Mass Effect, especially in Mass Effect 2, where there's so many characters. You never, never bring all of them. Jacob, Jacob yeah. I'm never bringing Jacob unless I have to. No, no one. Yeah, no one brings that Jacob. That first mission where I have to. And <laughs> then... <laughs> I feel like I would definitely be taking... I definitely would be taking Samus. I think Samus is. I'd definitely be taking Cyborg. Cyborg might be like my Garrus, where he's always with me. Just because I love the. (laughs) I mean, he does. He's such. He's so powerful, but he's so lovable. Like, I feel like he he and Shepard would be best friends. Um, Mm -hmm. At least me as Shepard. <laughs> uh, yeah but i think those would be in my rotation. i'd bring bumblebee if i need like just cause as much damage i would bring bumblebee and lilith if i wanted to make like a statement <laughs> <laughs> uh, i feel like andor would be a fun pick like i said the first the first six i picked were more of like the logistics officers this group right. here i want more on the field with the cyborgs mm-hmm. Andor, Samus, samus's lilith bumblebees nick fury obviously is the spy master so he's probably you know more doing on the on the normandy but mm-hmm. i think this you know these five picks plus winston so that's six that's six solid or miss martian too i think that's a yeah that's like seven solid uh members of the roster that i'm bringing pretty regularly
3: yeah like cycling them in and out and then who has the best dialogue little quips as you bring them along with you
1: i just want to hear cyborg yell booyah
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean that's your answer right there That—that <laughs> that is my answer i don't even know why i asked
0: i would be with eli on that and then the theatrical cut of justice league happened and i was like yeah you know? I, I, ma- <laughs> I needed
1: to make a statement that i'm bringing the teen titans one yeah because, man that cyborg from the dceu Ugh. is the most unfun character i think i've ever seen <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah the yeah that store for another day but
1: at the same time
0: <laughs> yeah i'm right there with you dylan i think eli's list is spectacular uh Mm. there's little to find wrong with it there's little not to like look at it as a mass Effect fan and be like i don't know how this character would mesh i think there's a lot of interesting stuff there the idea mm. of bumblebee <laughs> there yes. is really interesting and also like you mentioned just like a yellow mako essentially <laughs> you know, like, that improves the mako so much does
1: Does the makeup does the makeup of Volkswagen logo on it and has an old radio
0: (laughs) yes and also one thing that I don't think was mentioned during your reasonings here Eli but I think having Nick Fury and Andor would really lead to some interesting interactions with Javik who hasn't really been talked
1: about yet oh for sure yeah yeah I think I'm bringing Nick Fury on definitely. He's definitely like the Lady Jessica type. He's not hanging out (laughs) with people. I think he's doing his job. Same with Andor, and they're both such broody characters. Um, But that's why I brought Cyborg in to like liven it up.
2: Yeah, like, I'm getting <laughs> concerned if I see Lady Jessica and Nick Fury talking. Like, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> like the, they stay on different sides of
1: the ship, please. <laughs> <laughs> they're meeting in secret just because everybody doesn't want to know <laughs> what <Yes>. they're planning. <laughs> but, yes. but Cyborg's definitely, like, in the mess hall, bumping tunes. Uh, Lilith, I think, is there because she's fun. Um, Miss Martian, obviously. Uh, Winston, uh, he's vibing. He's definitely vibing. And Bumblebee, Bumblebee's mm-hmm. there. He's 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 of tunes out of his uh, out of his speakers. I think Cyborg and Bumblebee are best friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I have one last question before I throw it over to Jay. Same thing as I asked both of you before. Any interactions with the core Mass Effect crew with your squad here that you would find interesting that you didn't already talk about?
1: Once again, James Vega hits on Lilith, and again Lilith busts his balls um yep (laughs) uh, (laughs) i mentioned uh uh legion and bumblebee like i think that was a treasure of a reaction uh i think ashley would have some kinship with with samus and being you know badass sci-fi ladies um cyborg i think just cyborg gets along with everybody uh pretty well um and nick fury uh I think it's just a lot of business. <laughs> I, I like you said with Javik and maybe the, some of the other alien characters. He's wary of. Um, same with Andor. Uh, I feel like Andor though would respect like a Thane, just mm-hmm. just what they've been through and everything. I think they find some kinship there. Um, yeah, I think I think I think this group of six is definitely. I think Cyborg is doing Cyborg and Bumblebee are doing the heavy lifting for crew interactions. <laughs> They're definitely more of the the dour type maybe ruffle more feathers because like lilith lilith is if you played borderlands that's nothing but sass
0: yeah and honestly this is the group here to where i was joking earlier talking about the citadel dlc there are some characters here that would fit in with that tone pretty well so yes credit there but jay go ahead with your final six dylan you didn't have any more questions right i just wanted to be sure
3: not that i could think of
0: uh so jay i guess go ahead with your final six
2: all right here we go um so i'll, I'll talk about bumblebee in a second he's, he's he'll be my seventh pick but i want to talk about or he'll be my eighth pick um i want to talk about my seventh because seven because this character really he was the one i thought of interacting with bumblebee a lot so i needed to talk about him first and this representative comes from the marvel cinematic universe um you know uh Eli, his number seven was Nick Fury. I'm going from a very different corner of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, (laughs) though. And if I'm going to save the galaxy, I got to have a guardian of the galaxy, right? Oh, he did Mm -hmm. the thing. And that's why number seven (laughs) is Rocket Raccoon. Yes. I love Rocket. He is one of probably my favorite... He's might be my favorite character from the MCU and is one of my (laughs) favorite characters of all time. I really, truly believe that. I love what he goes through. He's in the Guardians movies, and he's my Mm -hmm. favorite character in the Avengers movies as well. You know, I think that his perspective his humor are all really excellent throughout you know it's a, a real surprise and, and and genuine love that i have for the storylines that he goes through and i am ready to ball my eyes out at guardians of the galaxy 3 <laughs> i saw that trailer and i am worried <laughs> um, but rocket raccoon i think makes a, a really interesting particularly a weapon specialist you know i see him sort of Filling in that role alongside a Garrus Vicarian as someone who really likes, you know, toying with weapons and making bigger guns, you know, one one way or another. Not so much like the vigilante Batman vibe that we get from Garrus, but it's particularly the weapons side. But I think Grockett also fits into the pilot role. You know, I think that... Mm-hmm he would fit along perfectly sitting next to Joker and like hot wiring the Normandy so that the controls actually go to his seat instead of Joker's. You know, I think that he's going to have lots of, lots of tips, you know, on how to, uh, on how to fly that ship. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think that I, and I think that rocket has a, a lot of potential with a lot of different characters. And I mean, he's just funny, you know, like he's just a humorous and maybe not always likable, but, you know, he's going to tell you like it is, and he's got, you know, strong opinions, and yeah, no, I, I love Rocket, and I'm going to roll straight into my number eight, which is Bumblebee, and that's because this is the scene that I want, we've already talked about Bumblebee a lot, but I want to talk about Bumblebee <laughs> with my team, I want Rocket Raccoon and Stitch driving. Bumblebee. <laughs> yes. I want the two of them leaning out the window, blasting reapers as they go down. Like I, I just love like this cutscene in the final battle is as, as the that trio is just mowing reapers down left and right, pat, like moving the moving moving the legions of enemies out of your way as you are are rushing towards your final goal. Gosh, like that that image alone has got to give me some bonus points right there but yeah no, and 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 I love Bumblebee for all the same reasons I think he's just a badass pick here you know just like dropping on the battlefield with whoever at the helm whether it's Shepard you know whether it's hell whether it's the T-800 you know like in the in the in the co-pilot seat there you know I I think that uh there there's so much potential there with Bumblebee and I'm 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 kind of glad me and Eli had at least one pick that was the same. Uh, we got close with Lady Jessica, but I'm glad that we landed on the funnest pick <laughs> of <both> of, <laughs> potentially of both our squads. So, yeah, no, Bumblebee is my number eight. And now, Dylan.
3: Yes. I'm.
2: Jay. I'm. I'm hoping. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping you give me a little grace here. I have an idea, and it's up to, it, it, it's up to you if you'll take it or not.
3: I swear, if you say all my <laughs> <if you're> not.
2: <laughs> it's not all my No, my hero <laughs> characters today. Uh, um, no, uh, I, I, I have an idea, sort of a Morinth and Samara situation, if you
3: will. Oh, intra Okay, I like I like this. Okay, so
2: I don't know if you've seen the Netflix series Arcane. Based off of League of Legends, but there mm, are two, mm-hmm. there are two characters. A uh, uh, there are two characters, Vi and Jinx.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Now, Vi they both come from the same horrible upbringings. You know, they they <laughs> they are both tortured. They are both just in, in awful situations, and they. Go into one. They, I, I don't want to talk about the series too much here, but you know they go into a scenario and they both come away from that situation with extremely different perspectives, and then meet again as adults. Now Vi is a little bit more. I want to say not not altruistic, but she is fighting for people. You know she is fighting for good most of the time. She is on the side of the rebellion of her universe. But, and now Jinx on the other side, she is pure chaos. You know, she yeah. she is, you know, wants the universe to feel the same suffering that she feels. You know, like she, she is just completely lost and, they, but they're sisters. They love each other. They have a really interesting dynamic together. And now I'm not saying I want both of them on the squad. I'm saying mm-hmm. I want my Shepard to make a decision. I want Vi to join the crew. You know, like, she comes in, she's got these giant metal fists that she's able to do battle with, that she takes down Reapers with. She's just an ultimate badass, like steampunk boxer. You know, like she's just awesome. But I love the idea of her coming to Shepard and being like, so There's this person. There's, you know, this person that's important to me. I found out where she is. Can we go to her? You know, like she needs to, I need to either talk to her. She needs to be stopped somehow because she is causing chaos. She's causing havoc. And then that's what Jinx would do. In in the face of the universe being destroyed, she wouldn't care. You know, she wouldn't Mm -hmm. care whatsoever. And so I love this idea of this mission where you, you go on and you bring Vi with you, and Shepard ends up in a conversation with Jinx, and then you sort of have the opportunity, if you're running just a pure renegade run, that you can just flip on Vi and bring Jinx into your crew instead, you know, and kind of convince her to fight for you because you are also this kind of evil, do-whatever-it-takes kind of commander, and so... That's my pitch to you as for my number nine is either Vi or Jinx.
3: I really like that idea. I like that, you know, mission choice thing. Because that was a very cool part of Mass Effect 2 as well. And I think those are great characters to bring into that. Yeah, because I was,
2: I wanted to, I kind of wanted to do it some way, somehow, and I couldn't quite fit the pieces, but I think Vi and Jinx make. For really a really awesome, like, they slot really well into there. But, yeah. Yeah. So, that's my number nine. Let's get into my final three here. So, for number ten, god, man, I am going from one corner of the multiverse to another with this pick. Um, I am going to a universe that I don't think, in a million years, any of you could have predicted would come up in this particular episode. (laughs) <laughs> we are headed to a series, or a burgeoning franchise of Netflix movies. We are headed to the Knives Out universe, where I am picking Detective, <laughs> Detective Blanc.
1: <laughs> played by Daniel Craig. <laughs> I love this.
2: I did not see that one coming at all. Because you know, I thought about James Bond, right? James Bond currently on season four of Super Bracket Bros, he's making his way. You know, he's doing quite well, to be honest. So I was, I you know, that's where the first the idea first came to me. I was like, Mm -hmm. I could I could throw James Bond in there, but then this idea came. You know, -hmm. a, 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 a small flower blossoming in the back of my mind because I love the idea of a murder mystery mission in Mass Effect. (laughs) Yes. I I want Shepard to play the sidekick role as he knives out his way through a murder mystery. (laughs) Admittedly, he probably does very little against the Reaper threats. <laughs> I will <laughs> gladly admit that, but I think it would be worth it for just like an off the wall murder mystery with blog. I just like I, I love that idea so much and I couldn't as soon as I as soon as I thought of it, I was like, that's too dumb. But then I was like, no, it's perfect. <laughs> and so to get this straight. <laughs> And that's why Jay Blanc has is.
0: used one pick on Caboose, for <laughs> Blow, which is essentially, in his terms, basically a troll pick, <laughs> <laughs> and now he is picking Benoit Blanc based on a murder mystery mission, and pretty much no other use. I gotta respect it. That, i really do that's I how that's how yes. that's
2: how powerful the murder mystery is taylor <laughs> that's that's how powerful it is i think it could really bring <laughs> some people together you know
3: <laughs> you know
0: when when you said from a corner of the multiverse that nobody could predict. i was about to be a smart ass i'll my microphone and just like shout out something like I don't know, a PBS cartoon like Dragon Tales or some shit. I don't know. And you went in a whole different direction. Now I was like, I oh, this is why I'm glad I just shut the fuck up and
2: that's not what you had to say. So uh, yeah. That was a pick right there.
3: No that was I don't think not that's what I topped. was expecting.
0: I really don't. I don't know why you didn't go with him last.
2: <laughs> oh. You just wait. We're shifting gears here. We're, we're, <laughs> shif- we're shifting back into Kill and Reapers mode with number 11. This man knows no match in 1v1 gun combats. We have a participant of Season 4 of Super Bracket Bros. Some would say a favorite to win Season 4. The man who is known as Baba Yaga...
0: You son of a bitch.
2: (laughs) John Wick coming in at number 11. I sort of see this as an equivalent to Eli's Andor pick. I need an assassin. I need someone that can, you know, not necessarily tap into the assassin network, but just kill the entire assassin network. Like I can just send John Wick to defeat any other spy that I that, that that comes across my path. You know, I think that mm-hmm. John Wick will be incredible to see on the Mass Effect battlefield. And just the single minded determinedness of John Wick will keep the entire squad going. You know, I, I think that he alone will be an extremely motivating force uh you know just by his actions. He's not going to be mm-hmm. one for a big speech. You know, he's not going to do anything like that. But just a, a, as someone that you can look to to see, you know, what is right, you know, going forward. What do we do now? And I think John Wick fills that role well. And I love this stark, stark contrast of John Wick and, and Stitch. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think... Um, <laughs> Actually, never mind. John Wick loves Stitch. Because Stitch is a dog. Yeah. <laughs> is. That is. Yeah. You know, I, I think actually, you know, they get along spectacularly. Sort of but... <laughs> I
0: thought he was about to pitch a mission where Stitch died. Oh, and God. <laughs> oh, no. It just goes on a rampage. I was about to say, all right, man.
1: All right oh, no, Harbinger kills Stitch and John Wick kills the Reapers. <laughs> <laughs> all by himself. Now...
2: For my number 12 pick, we end where we started today. We are headed back to the Star Wars universe. We are headed away from the movies and into the television shows. We are headed... We are going to be talking about none other than the Mandalorian, Din Djarin. I think Mando fits perfectly. And the Mass Effect universe. I think that you know, you have this entire culture and backstory of the Mandalorian race that I think is really interesting and one of the best parts about the show that I think that you can Mm -hmm. delve deep, deep into in, in Mass Effect, you know, like by going on missions with him. And that's not even to mention, like, how badass of a side character he would be on a mission. You know, being able to switch between a bunch of different weapons. And he goes on his own journey by collecting, you know, know, different, like, Mandalorian, you know, going from, you know, building his helmet, building his shoulder pads, you know, and kind of filling out his armor set. You know, I think it's Mm -hmm. very video game-esque already. And so, I think he fits perfectly into the Mass Effect universe. But truly, the thing that makes Mando my 12th pick and why I left him for last is because I think that he has the best built-in loyalty mission of any character that we've talked about today Mm -hmm. and that's saving Grogu you know it it, you know I think that I love the idea of you going with Jin and just like full hog into some empire base or some evil bad guys base and just fighting your way destroying everybody and just getting to grogu and seeing that moment between mando and grogu would be more than worth it and i think in particular it also has a practical effect on your gameplay as well because mando mando plus grogu then he goes from soldier to vanguard You know, where suddenly he's got Grogu on his shoulder, being able to push, pull enemies, you know, using the force against them. You know, I just love them as a duo in battle. I love them as a duo, you know, on the ship as well. You know, I just think, you know, and seeing the transformation of Mando, you know, from like brooding Star Wars character to, you know, like loving father with Grogu around you know, I think uh, it's is too endearing to leave off the list, and that's why Jinjarin is my number 12.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Very solid pick.
0: Very solid list all the way around. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. my overall thoughts here uh, until we kind of get done with the rebuttals here, Dylan, but, I mean... Yeah. Go ahead, man. I don't know where you're going to start. Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. So,
3: I, I, I mean, I just like Eli's list, I think yours is a very solid list as well. Um, I think both of these lists cover all of the bases. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm picturing, you know, like this sort of mass effect Two suicide mission where they're kind of like running down, like all the different things that need to get done. And I think you guys would both have like characters to slot into, you know, every sort of situation, um, with these lists. Um, I think, my and and I like that you know there are there are kind of these off the wall picks in your list too you know that that do kind of add a little bit of comedy in there do add a little bit of you know like the the wide array of characters that you can bring in Um, you know I can just see somebody bringing Caboose and uh, Detective Blanc you know every time because it's just like their interactions are just the greatest you know Um but. I want to know who you, as Shepard, see yourself bringing on a lot of these missions.
2: So I think I think that Stitch is definitely one of my favorite picks of this list. I would, mm-hmm. even though it might not create the most interesting dialogue options, I think that he would be fun to jump into combat with, you know, and I think that... Uh, He would, you know, uh, I think him trying to interact and the reactions to him from the other alien races would be humorous and interesting as well, you know, because in the Mass Effect universe, the alien races are established, you know, pretty much everybody knows... Whatever who everybody else is and what their deal is, you know, you bring in this totally unique alien species. You know, I think uh, this experiment. I think that would make for some really interesting uh, interfacing. Uh, I also think that uh, I think that John Wick would probably end up being would be being, being a favorite from the soldier perspective. You know, someone that can get it done. I mean, like John Wick is deadly enough with just Earth weapons. Like <laughs> to see him with yeah. a Mass Effect gun. It like, you know, it's, it's going to go off. Uh, other than that, you know, I think that, uh, I think that Vi being a melee character would be a lot of fun mm-hmm. as well to bring into to combat missions. I think that, yeah. I think that she would be a lot of fun. And I, I mean, also I, I think that she's just a great character. You know, I really enjoyed getting to know her and getting to spend time with her during the series you know, uh, so yeah, those those are a couple of highlights, but yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I love the idea of bringing Caboose and Blanc. Um, and I, I think all, Blanc also as well, being a detective, almost being like Sherlock Holmes adjacent, could notice a lot of things that maybe wouldn't have been noticed. You know, I, I would love to s- enter into a lot of like politicking conversations with Detective Blanc and then like, he'll pull me aside afterwards and be like, Hey, did you notice that he was lying when he said this, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And sort of kind of like be this, uh, you know, um, you know, be this astute um, fly on the wall. You know, I, I think that could be really interesting as well. So yeah, no, there's a the, yeah, a ton, ton of picks here.
0: Any other questions? Not that I can think of. Yeah. Jay, I really like your list as well man i thought that there was a lot of out there picks throughout but <laughs> like i said ben blanc being here is not something i really expected uh there's a lot of you mentioned bumblebee was on your list when eli picked bumblebee so not a huge surprise to hear your thoughts because they were kind of similar to eli's mm-hmm. rocket raccoon i am a sucker for the guardians of the galaxy franchise so you know, you, you kind of got me there when I was like, "Oh, <laughs> all right." You could have picked any character from the Guardian franchise; I would have been like, "Yeah, that,
2: that yeah. would work." I gave Gamora a good think too. You know, that was the, 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 yeah. that 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 would have been my next Guardian, um, if I if I could have picked one.
0: But yeah, man, John Wick, Din Djarin, a very good list all around. So, before we move on, though, I do want to just list off both of your respective squads. For Eli, we have Kira Nerys from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Cortana from Halo, Winston from Overwatch, Miss Martian from Young Justice, Senku from Dr. Stone, Lady Jessica from Dune, Nick Fury from the MCU, Andor from Star Wars, Cyborg from Teen Titans, Samus from Metroid, Lilith from Borderlands, and Bumblebee from Transformers. Or were you guys both doing it from the Bumblebee movie? Because I don't think that is... I, you know what? Canon status, I don't think it really matters. But Definitely <laughs> Bumblebee board.
1: movie. Definitely Bumblebee movie. Well, for me. I don't want to speak for Jay. <laughs> yeah, that's also what I was thinking about. Okay, yeah. so the Bumblebee
0: movie. So keep that in mind, people. They're both basing it on the Bumblebee movie, not necessarily the overall Transformers. So Jay's squad. We have Princess Leia from Star Wars, Doc Brown from Back to the Future, Ripley from Alien, the T eight hundred from T two Judgment Day. Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Caboose from. <laughs> I don't know why Sloan. you laugh every time you say that. I can't. <laughs> just just <laughs> ring that off, man. It gets me every time. It's great. I'm sorry. Um, Rocket Raccoon from the MCU. Bumblebee from the Bumblebee movie. Uh, v or Jinx from Arcane. Benoit Blanc from the Knives Out franchise, John Wick from well, John Wick. And Din Jarin from the Mandalorian slash Star Wars. So, Dylan, while Jay and Eli are getting their closing statements together, uh, we got a little bit of time. So, please tell the audience a bit more about yourself and the Your Friendly Neighborhood Gamers podcast.
3: Sure. Um, So, the Friendly Neighborhood Gamers Podcast is a podcast that I do with uh, my co-host, Andrew Kimball. And so we started that about a year ago. Um, Our first episode went live, like first of the year, basically. Um, And before that, we had been on another podcast called Level Playing Field for a couple of years. And so we we with this one we wanted to kind of bring uh things from like an average gamer's perspective, you know. Um talk to people who are doing cool things in in the gaming space but aren't, you know, like the the big heads of like a studio or something, just like, you know, regular people who are gamers who are doing cool things. Um, so we, we do some of that. Uh, we talk about specific games, um, but we're, we're not usually trying to hit the biggest release as soon as it comes out. Um, we did do that with, you know, Elden Ring cause Andrew and I are huge fans of that, but, um, you know, we, we've also gone back and, you know, gotten to talk about games that came out years ago because we just got around to playing them and we want to show them some love because in our minds, that's, how a lot of people end up playing video games is like they see something on sale 3 years after the fact and play it you know um and so we've got that we've got the podcast we've got uh, a youtube channel that we put out some videos on uh generally um little lists or reviews on on a, a game uh generally pretty short um and you can find us on social media too um pretty much wherever uh I think Instagram, Twitter and TikTok, I think are, are those. Andrew normally does this part of it, so <laughs> I'm just kinda going off the cuff here. I'm he he's the more business sided guy.
0: <laughs> no, it's all good. I listened to a few episodes of your podcast as well. I thought it was very entertaining.
3: Uh I was about to apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It is good though. I think it's good.
0: But nah, man, I listened to your podcast. I thought it was very entertaining. I love the tone that you guys Good. have. I think there's a lot of podcasts out there in video game news to where they're just so focused on story, 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 and hot mm. takes. And it doesn't feel like that's what your friendly ne- neighborhood gamers do. So it's mm-hmm. very. it was a fun listen,
3: for sure. Yeah, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And you know, if anyone's got extra time in their schedules for an additional podcast, we'd love for you to check us out. But
0: getting back to our clash at stash, hopefully our contestants have their closing statements ready because we are done with our respective cases and we are done with all of our rebuttals. And guys, I thought you had fantastic lists. Now, I would have said that anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but I do truly mean that, that they're fantastic lists that are just very diverse and just very out there for very different reasons. Uh, so, Dylan's about to be get carrying out his final verdict. But before we do that, we have some closing statements to make. Jay, you went last in our opening statement and our main case. So, you are going to be going first right now. Give us your
2: closing statement on why you should win this Clash at Stash. So, I think that both of us brought a lot of out there picks. And you might try to condemn me for my out there picks. But (laughs) I think that my team doesn't necessarily blend together perfectly. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I but I think that's what makes it interesting. You know, I think that this team has to grow to get there. You know, and I think those trials that they go through together will make them more prepared to take on the reaper threat ultimately that will allow these characters to potentially make the ultimate sacrifice when it comes to that moment to take on the reapers and that's going to make for the best possible version of this Mass Effect 3 universe that we're building you know i am trying to pull heartstrings here you know like i i think that this group of characters allows for that to happen whether it be Individual missions, whether it be you know small interactions that you might see between some of these characters, or if you have to choose between two different characters, you know I think that my Vi and Jinx pick is exceptional. To be honest, Mm -hmm. I love it. I like that's probably the uh, one pick that I am the most proud of, and I'm, I'm glad that you're on board with it as well. But overall, I think my characters, as soon as they get on the ship some heads are going to get butted but i think by the end you are going to see a team unlike one that has been seen in mass effect or any other multiverse ever and that's why i should win today
3: okay
0: that's a massive closing statement i gotta say so eli you had the last word give us your closing statement
1: okay so I know the competition was to find the most interesting team to beat the Reapers, and Jay, you definitely have the more interesting team. However, <laughs> so, the goal is the goal. Hell of a closing the- statement. So far. I, I'm not done yet. I'm not done. You have the more interesting team, but you're not going to beat the Reapers. Oh, because mm, you have mm. Benoit Blanc. You have Caboose. <laughs> and if you pick jinx her whole character arc is ruining things <laughs> you, i i went to this i went to all these characters i picked people who would work together cohesively i would work together on a on a galactic scale to organize the entire universe to fight the reaper threat i know you're you have this ragtag group that you say is going to get along at the end i I don't think they will. I think you have all these interactions. <laughs> you, you have Bumblebee driving. Uh, you have Rocket driving around on Bumblebee with Stitch, you know, shooting people. But, like, Harbinger's just going to step on them. <laughs> I, like, I think my my crew is equipped to deal with, you know, on the front lines, but also with the politicking, with organizing militias, with organizing galactic fleets. I think that's something that you're sorely missing and I think my group is just going to de- defeat the Reaper threat by being a cohesive unit and having everybody on board. Y- you you have interesting picks, but they're so chaotic. I think it works against you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just I'll just say I, I I feel like I have the more cohesive, the more, the more boring, th- boring. <laughs> Did you say boring? <laughs> <laughs> no. I have a dude on my team who speed run a civilization run he went from the stone <laughs> age to steamworks in two days <laughs> so you're cheating that's what you're saying <laughs> listen i think my team is more cohesive i think it's more interesting i think there's more interesting character interactions in that they were going to get the job done and not be this sitcom on the normandy so that's all i'll say damn
0: hmm. what a closing statement just gonna leave this up to dylan here it's time for our judge to carry out their final verdict based on two things dylan you have to decide the winner based on what was said and how entertaining they were so take it away man
3: so remind me again what was the prompt the prompt was most entertaining most interesting now team see here's there is a key
0: I, here's where i'll give eli some credit the prompt okay. is the most interesting team to defeat the Reapers.
3: Okay. So both are in there. Mm-hmm. This is a very tough choice. Um, because both both teams of, of people and aliens and cars um, <laughs> <laughs> have... Cars. <laughs> they, like I said, they cover all of the bases, uh, they both have people who are very smart, you know, running logistics, running the science side of things. They've got people working the politics, uh, aspect. They've got a bunch of like soldiers and doers. Um, they've got transport. They've both got, you know, some, some time travel shenanigans that they could kind of work with. They both are putting children in danger, um, with Miss Martian and the child with Din, you know, so like we, we've got a lot here. We've got people that have saved galaxies before, um, to Eli's point. I do think that it is highly questionable, (laughs) uh, whether Jay's group could actually defeat Reapers. Uh, you know, I, I do think there is a good chance. And, you know, when you look at the, the, the team that was originally the Mass Effect team, I, I do think, you know, at the beginning of some of those games, you're like, can these people defeat the Reapers? And they, they ended up pulling it off um, because I do think Commander Shepard has a big part of that. Um, so, uh, But I do want to give you that credit there uh, where I, I, I do think you have a stronger, cohesive team. I guess where I'm struggling... Is to Jay's point, I feel like I would rather play a game with Jay's characters because I think the them not being as cohesive, having those little pressure points, having those little, um, you know, head butting sessions makes for an interesting, more interesting team and a more interesting game and a more interesting like I do think it strengthens it overall. Um, so I think with that said, I'm going to go with Jay's team as the winners, but just barely, just barely, because I think both of these would be fantastic.
1: As soon as you said caboose, I knew it was over. (laughs) You know what this feels like? This feels like you guys see parks and wreck that burger cook off. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like Rob Lowe right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good comparison. (laughs) Dylan, I am not envious of you in your position right now because, man, I was right there with you the entire time. And I'm like, man, I'm glad Mm. I'm just a host. I'm just a dumb host talking into a microphone. (laughs) This is such a great spot for me to be in. Uh, So yeah man You both had fantastic cases I will say Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh yes But Dylan's final verdict is what stands And that is Jay Coming away with the W here So before we wrap up I just want to have a word with our winner And I want to give him the spotlight here So Jay you you got a W here A clash of the stash What do you have to say to your Hundreds and thousands of millions of fans That are listening Possibly.
2: Well, who knows first off i i have to thank um benoit blanc i think that he was the real mvp <laughs> today if i'm gonna be honest you know i Unbelievable. think that he, i think Jesus he came i think Christ. he came out big i think he he showed up you know when he was god really needed. fucking damn it <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, I have a lot of people that I really appreciate that got me here. Um, you know, Eli, you know, showing up, you know, I, he did a great job. Um, you know, a good, a good, a good tri-sport. Um, so, you know, just better luck next time. Um, you know, I'm sure.
0: Damn, Jay's turning heel.
2: I'm sure, you know, next time you put, you know, a lot of effort into a guest spot, I'm sure it'll work out for you then. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I, I want to thank you, Dylan, uh, for picking me. Uh, this will be remembered in your next <laughs> appearance <laughs> Super rocket right. Bros. Um, I doubt. I doubt that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, this was uh legitimately a great time. Um, I think mm-hmm. yeah, I I, I loved the, the this prompt as soon as like we kind of formulated it and put it together, and I'm glad <laughs> that. Dylan, you could be here as a Mass Effect fan, you know, that yes. we've gotten to know each other well over the last couple of years. I think that you were uh, a great choice to judge this. And, and one, one thought that occurred to me kind of as you were, were thinking about this is I, and I, I think that Eli's squad might be better for Mass Effect 3, whereas mine might be better for Mass Effect 2. Like I think, mm. I think that's kind of like we're, you're so, you're
1: put, <laughs> what. Where you're putting what part of the suicide mission are you putting Blanc in? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Blanc's one of the ones that you take with you because he'll die any other <laughs> place you put him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you
2: can't let him out of your sight. <laughs> <laughs> you send Caboose out by himself. He accidentally wins the whole mission for you. <laughs> No, but uh, like, I I think like the, the, from the loyalty mission perspective, you know, I think that like, Mm -hmm. I, I, I would, I, I would, I think there are really interesting things that can happen with all these characters. So, um, but Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I thank you ultimately for taylor for putting this all together for having us on you yeah know, i really appreciate you you know uh take take the time to to do this you know because this was a bit of a big of an ask you know and kind of like formulating mm-hmm. this idea so i i really appreciate that and appreciate you so thank you
0: i appreciate it and i want to thank you guys as well because you guys kind of carried this this is kind of what i uh little behind the scenes here In terms of Clash of the Stash Season 1, I think this is going to be like Episode 3. This is the second episode that we've recorded so far. And this is kind of exactly what I hope it would be in the long run with everything. To Where you guys kind of had the spotlight here. And I just want to, hopefully all the other episodes are similar in quality to this one. How good is that quality? That's for people (laughs) listening to decide. Uh, But this is the quality that I'm hoping for and hopefully
1: you guys had a good time can i can i pause no just you like, lost Stop no no it. i no <laughs> jay I, cha- I challenge you jay right now pick one character that you think can beat the reapers what do you mean one character I like of my what, of my if characters you had, if you no, if by themselves no, pick the character that was so op you couldn't pick them so oh. op yeah oh um and have i dylan's gonna pick the winner i pick kirby oh. okay i see i see no i'm I'm gonna i'll pick galactus then uh you know if we're gonna pick
2: earth swallowers (laughs) i'm I'm gonna pick the bigger one all right dylan galactus (laughs) or kirby who's
3: better uh, I feel like Galactus is on the Reapers team, so I'm going to go with... Oh, we're yes! We're tied!
1: Officially! Yes! Okay, bye! No, no. This is, just, this, this is just the next episode of Clash
2: of the Set. Come on. i got to put together a closing statement.
0: Let's go ahead and get out of here, though, guys. We'll see if that win from Eli ends up being in the official standings. I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll hold up. Under, under, review. <laughs> yeah, under review by the zebras over at clash of the stash which is it's an undisclosed amount of people it's just me but besides the point <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about what we're working on and where can people find us jay what are you working on and where can people find you
2: so you can find super bracket bros anywhere that you find podcasts you know it's going to be spotify apple etc uh when this episode drops, we are going to be very close to wrapping up Season 4 of Super Bracket Bros. Season 4 has been our gun tournament, where we've had characters like Red Hood, John Wick, the T-800, all the way to Juzo Inui from No Guns Life. James Bond's in there, too, having a great time. Black Widow's in there. We have so many characters that we've had a ton of fun with, and it's coming to a close. We've knocked so many characters out, and we are right around now going to be pretty close to our final four so it's not something that mm-hmm. you're going to want to miss so come check out super bracket bros as we close out season four and i'll give you a little nerd stash exclusive right now S- Ooh. season five we're talking kaijus baby we're Ooh. going big yes
0: <laughs> so, very, so very
2: special to get that exclusive If you are looking to start with Super Bracket Bros fresh, you're like, hey, I don't really want to jump in halfway through season, you know, I don't want to get lost through the through lines, one, you don't really have to worry about that. Just find a character that you really like, click on their name, and listen to us, talk about how much we love them, and then kick them off the show. You know, it's an absolutely (laughs) great way to get involved in Super Bracket Bros, but say hey you know that's not really my thing i just kind of want to i want a clean start then look for season five coming your way soon
0: eli what are you working on and where can people find you
1: uh pretty much everything jay said i am very much along for the ride of his crazy bracket adventures and i'm i'm happy to be there i do uh, i am i am a writer and a drawer and i post those on my website at eliasstokes.com if you wanted to uh, read what I'm read, what I'm writing or what I'm drawn. Um, you can find me on social media at Elias Stokes also. So,
0: and finally, Dylan, what are you working on and where can people find you?
3: Um, uh, So I, uh, we are putting out podcasts every week. Um, you can find us at your friendly neighborhood gamers, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, we have a, you know, similar to what Jay was saying. We have uh back catalog you know you don't have to listen to everything in order or anything like that just find a game you like see if you like us talking about it and what we thought of it you know um or or if you like uh, i feel like we've had most of these people on taylor at some point you may be on eventually <laughs> so i don't know when um hey man, but uh up. right so i so we'll you know if you if you like these guys See if they're on an episode. Go listen to that one, uh, and then we've got uh, our, like I said, our YouTube channel, Your Friendly Neighborhood Gamers. Uh, if you want a little bit shorter form content uh, on there, so. But yeah, as far as I know, we're still planning on releasing everything. Andrew didn't give me any like, uh, little spoilers that I could release, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I don't have a big Kaiju season to announce, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: As we talked about, I think at the top of this episode, we will be hearing from Dylan again later on in this mm-hmm. season, and he won't be a judge. He is no. he is jumping right into the deep end as a competitor. Going against his fellow co hosts. So we at Clash of the Stash are out to potentially destroy another podcast. <laughs> <very soon. laughs> we'll see how that works out. Hopefully no podcasts were destroyed in the making of this one. So uh, again, I want to thank Eli I want to thank Jay, I want to thank Dylan For joining me I thought this was a fantastic time And just, y'all couldn't have come up With more outside the box ideas Really couldn't mm-hmm. So I'm glad you also came in With those ideas With the prompt that you wanted to go with Instead of Yeah, here's just a list of ideas Because I feel like that's better creatively And I hopefully that's what the final product is as well We'll see you on the next installment of Clash and Stash.